glad you're here this morning. This morning, um, more so than other mornings, we're going to talk about uh, very personal things that are going on in your life and issues. And I know, I know a lot of you are, are new, and you're like, whoa, this is really uncomfortable. We just met. But uh, we're going to do that anyway. Um, it's kind of like a, a doctor talking to his patient and private before everybody else. Uh, let me tell you what I'm talking about. Over the summer, my wife and I watched, a, again, a TV documentary of sorts on ABC, on ABC called NY Med. I don't know if any of you are watching that. It's a reality show that shows the emotions and the grind in the New York City hospitals. And often the storyline is surrounded by some type of heart surgery. For example, the, the, the physician goes in, he meets with the patient, he meets with the family, and he says, man, you, you have problems with your heart. There's like a clot or a disease or something's failing. And what they often say in, in the privacy of his office, he says, look, it looks really bad. But we're not going to know how bad it is until we open you up. And that's always a setup. Because the next scene, they're it's gross. They're opened up on the table, and there's, there's a bigger problem than they anticipated. Something is going wrong, blood squirting out, heart's not functioning right, and in some instances, the heart stops beating. But eventually, the surgeon comes through, fixes the heart, closes them up, and everybody's praising the surgeon. It's an awesome show. What we're going to do this morning is heart surgery of sorts, obviously not physical heart surgery, but we're going to talk about doing some surgery on your heart, at the, at the core of who you are. And the physician is, is not me, the physician is the great physician, and he wants to talk to you, he wants to heal you, because a lot of you have come in here this morning with heart issues. I mean, you would never say that. You may call it something else. You may say things like, you know, I came in here with some, some nagging fears, low-grade depression. I'm just unhappy with life. Maybe you're often distracted. Anybody in here easily angered? Yeah. Maybe you're full of anxiety or worry. Some of you have out-of-control debt. Some of you just have no motivation. Others have unchecked sexual desires, out-of-control food cravings, desire for more money or stuff. And I know a lot of you have just countless relational issues. A lot of these problems that we're having on the surface or what we feel are problems that stem back to the core of who we are in our hearts. And this is what I'm asking this morning, and this is where it gets personal. Let God, the great physician, open you up and heal you. I know some of you are very wounded. Let him heal you. Some of you are really off what's going on in your life. I know a lot of pain. Let him speak truth to you. Some of you need forgiveness. Let him forgive you. Let the great physician... Do a work on your heart today.
in this very moment. Here's the deal. You've come to our church. Many of you are new. This is what we do. We preach through books of the Bible. <laughs> we just finished Romans. So we're going to be jumping into 1 Samuel when the students all get back. But right now we're in this four-week break. And during the break, I, I just kind of feel like it's time for me just to talk about what I want to talk about, right? You know, it's like, like did you pick this topic? I picked this topic, right? So I have an agenda here. Uh, typically, we're just going through books. So whatever comes up, comes up. I preach. But this morning, I picked this one on the heart, because I like talking about the heart a lot. And we're in the midst of this four-week series where we're trying to talk about how do, you get, how do you serve God with your whole life? How do you serve God with all of you? And something we like to call at our church, head, heart, hands. How many of you have been in churches where they said, you know, we just need to get the truth from our heads to our hearts. So if we can just get it from our heads to our hearts, we're good. And what we say is, no, 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 that's not enough. Get it from your head to your hearts to your hands. Do something. Do something. And so last week we started with our minds. We talked about our Christian worldview, how to think biblically, how to think God's thoughts after him. And now we have this Christian worldview, and with that worldview, we want our lives to bow the knee to Jesus. So we want our heads to be transformed and to transform us into actions where we're, we're believing what we're living. But here's the deal. How many of you have the problem that I have? I can believe the right things, but not do the right things. Anybody with me? You believe sound doctrine in the word of God, and yet you don't always carry it out so well. How do we explain this disconnect from what we believe and what we fail to do? And I say, well, that disconnect be, can be explained by what's going on in the heart. The disconnect from our doctrine to our praxis, to what we practice, has to do with issues in our heart. And this morning, as I've been thinking about this, and I have preached sermons like this many times, in fact, many of the same verses that I'm going to use today, we're going to return to them again. Because we want to get back at the heart. And the, the most of the verses we're going to look at today come from the book of Proverbs. If you were suffering along with us two years ago, we preached through the whole book of Proverbs, believe it or not. I'm going to bring up a lot of those points in Proverbs again today. Now, I know when you guys think of Proverbs, some of you may think, oh, Proverbs. Proverbs, those are tips and tricks for the Christian life, right? So if you're on Twitter... You'll see a lot of Proverbs on there. Oh, that's a great tip for today. Oh, there's a great trick. <laughs> yep. But that's not what Proverbs is about. Because Proverbs is not about tips and tricks. Proverbs is about getting at your motives. It's about getting at your heart. It's about getting at what is going on inside. Now, the Bible uses the word heart about 900 times. And the book of Proverbs uses the word heart 77 times. And often when the word heart is, is used, I mean, sometimes it's talking about the physical heart, but often when it's used, it's talking about the core of you, who you are, your personality, your emotions, your motives, your thoughts, your, your spiritual makeup. The, the heart is what makes you you. 
a proverb explains this this way. In Proverbs 27, 19, Proverbs 27, 19 says, As in water, face reflects face, so the heart of a man reflects a man. So when you're out on a date with someone and you say, I just want to get to know you better, you want to get to know their heart. When you're in a relationship with people, you want to know their hearts. You want to know who they are at the core, what makes them who they are. So the main passage we're going to land at this morning comes from Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to keep returning to this verse over and over again. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Maybe some of you have read that before. Maybe you even memorized it. You probably memorized it in the NIV, right? It says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it the wellspring of life. Which means that from our heart springs forth all the activities of our character and our actions. Like if I want to explain what you do, I would say, it's your heart. So if you like reading the Bible, it's your heart. You like looking at porn, it's your heart. You say positive things about other people, that's your heart. If you have a, if you're critical, ah, that's your heart. If you're a good hard worker, you're diligent, oh, that's your heart. And if you're lazy, hey, that's your heart. You see, our actions, you see this? They are springing forth from our hearts. I mean, of course, we can't see this core of us. We can see it in the actions, but they come in from inside of us, out in what we do. So what you do is what you do from your heart. It is all springing forth from the core. So what I want to do before we jump into some more Proverbs, I want to do a little... I don't know, I guess a little theological work. Can you handle that? I'm sure you can. Just like, kind of give me kind of a biblical overview snapshot real quick on what we're talking about, the heart. All right, you with me on that? A little theological work here? Okay, let's start with the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So the heart is desperately sick. Deceitful, wicked heart. And I've said this before, like if you're going to watch a Disney movie with your kids or something, you take them in there and you're watching the movie and a character in a Disney film is, they're always trying to make decisions. And some other wise Disney character comes to help them and they will say something like this, just follow your heart. And when you hear that, stand up and shout in the theater, don't do it. Just try that sometime. It's because the heart is desperately sick. It is deceitful. And that's uh, what the Bible describes our heart. But, but get this, but get this. What about the Christian, right? Like, are our hearts deceitful? Are our hearts desperately sick? A little theology work here. So what we understand through the good news of the gospel is that this old heart, deceitful heart, has been taken out. And it's been replaced with a new heart. You see, Jesus came and invaded this world, uh, lived a perfect life, never sinned, right? Put on the cross for sinners. So we repent of our wicked heart. We trust in Christ who was buried and rose again, and we find forgiveness, right? And so when we put our faith in Christ, old heart gone, new heart comes. Now this new heart is different. 
Listen to the way the book of Ezekiel describes it. And I will give you a new heart, a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. So before we become Christians, our hearts are hard against God. I don't want to go too deep into theology, but I would say before you're a Christian, in a sense you would say you were lacking in that free will to choose for God because your heart was hard. But God invades. He removes that heart, puts it in, and now you have this freedom. You have this freedom to choose between good and evil. So if you have a new heart, why would you ever choose evil? Why would you ever choose to go against God if you were a believer now? Why? Well, because the Bible talks about something called the flesh or indwelling sin. That even though we have a new heart and it's malleable and it's soft, we still slant, right? We have this slant. We want to go back to our old way of life. So let me just describe your weekend. This is how your weekend went. I know I spied on you. This weekend, you made choices between good and evil between what's wise or what's foolish. This weekend, you made choices between whether you were going to serve God or whether you're going to serve idols. So you have a new heart, but now you have these choices and you have this slant that keeps wanting to go back to the old way. So that's the overview of the theology of a Christian, the new heart. New heart, ability to obey, spirit of God is in you, and yet there is this slant to want to choose old ways. That brings us back to our verse, Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Now, I know and I realize that this verse is, is usually just used in the context of single women who need to guard their hearts, right? Anybody? Yeah. Just got to guard my heart. I really like him, but I don't want him to know. I've got to guard my... It's not just for that. Okay? Branch out a little bit. It's going to be applied to all of us. How We need to protect our hearts, guard our hearts. Uh, there was this Puritan, John Flavel, way a long time ago, and he used this example of guarding your heart. I thought it was great. He says, our hearts are like a besieged town or a besieged city where on the outside you have the enemies trying to get in. And on the, in, on the inside of this town, you have treacherous citizens trying to take over. And so what you need to do is you need to guard your heart. And it's a, it's a great uh, example, and I want to kind of branch it out and bring it into the modern context on how we need to protect our hearts from what comes on the outside and deal with our hearts from what's on the inside from getting out, all right? So he, here we go. Let me explain it to you. Before I became a Christian, I just want to tell you, I had an unguarded and rebellious heart. I've said this before. My heart was like a frat house heart heart that liked to party hard. No offense to good fraternities in here. I had a frat house heart. That means, I mean, really, if you would have known me, I had no restraint on the anger that I expressed or that I let in. I had no restraint of foul language. Oh my goodness, did I let out or let in? I had no guard on the amounts of sexual immorality that I expressed and invited in. Greed came out and came in anxiety needed no key to come in and out. So there was this freedom 
for sin to come in and out of my corrupt heart. This is the way I lived for 19 years. At 19, Jesus comes in to my life, demolishes and removes my hard heart. He just, boom, takes it out, puts in a new heart. So now, is, this is my imagery now. I, I have my frat house heart taken out, and Jesus gave me, humor me for a second, he gave me a white house heart. So I move from this everything goes frat house to this heavily guarded white house heart. In fact, the white house is probably one of the most guarded homes in all of the country. So if you're a believer now, you have this White House heart, White House home concept going on. You have the spirit in you. You have the ability to keep wickedness, in a sense, from penetrating your heart. You can guard it. And at the same time, you can deal with those treacherous citizens on the inside of your heart. And you can speak the truth of the gospel. And what I want to do this morning is talk about this guarding. Not so much from what we let in. We could talk about that at another time. But let's talk about what can come out of our hearts. Let's talk about some things like this. Let's talk about your actions. Let's talk about your words. Let's talk about your desires. Let's talk about your attitudes. And I don't want to just be this counselor that sits you down in this office here and shows you how yucky your heart is. Let's start to speak the truth of the gospel. Let's speak the truth about Jesus and his forgiveness and his healing so that we can start to deal with these treacherous citizens on the inside, these issues that we have, and find healing in Christ. That's what we're going to do. So let's start with the issue of words. Does anyone in here have an issue with their speech? where they are saying foolish things often. All right, let's talk about words. Proverbs 15, 28. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. So the heart of a wise person is timely, appropriate, wise words, and yet the fool just gushes out junk. What you will find is that your words reveal your heart. My brothers and sisters, if you keep saying things you don't want to say, you don't have a word problem. You have a heart problem. (laughs) If you're saying things you don't want to say, you do not have a word problem. You have a heart problem. Jesus said as much in Luke 6.45. He said, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So, if you find yourself keep saying things you don't want to say, whatever they are, figure out why you do that. And it's often because of something we like to call in our church an idol. You probably have a trigger idol. So, if you have an idol, like I sometimes do in my life, I have an idol, and I like to call it a peace idol. I just want peace. I just want peace in my house. Is there anything wrong with me wanting a little bit of quietness and peace in my house? Anything wrong with that desire? Nope. Nope. But it becomes a problem when I make it an idol. And if I don't get peace, I will go off. See how that works? 
Some of you have the idol in your heart of it. Of it um, you just want, you want um, someone to acknowledge your work or to acknowledge that you're doing a good job, to pat you on the back a little bit. Anything wrong with that? I don't think so. But what do you do when you don't get it? What do you say? You see how these trigger idols work? And so what you want, you want to keep coming back to Christ. You say, okay, Christ, I have no peace in my house, but I have peace in you. I'm not getting acknowledged by my peers, but I'm acknowledged by the Father in heaven in Christ. You see how that works? You want to keep speaking the truth of the gospel to yourself in these specific areas because you want your heart to change so that your words will change. And you won't change your words until you change your heart. And the only one that can change your heart is Jesus. Well, what about your actions? How do you explain what you do? Where do our actions come from? Or, well, once again, our actions derive from our hearts. Jesus put it this way in Mark chapter 7. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of that, you see it there? Heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual morality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. So Jesus is saying even our actions, whether they be of slander or murder or hatred, are coming from within. Strife, arguments, all springing from the heart. And I want you, as I know most of you in here are single, I want to encourage you things that are going on in your heart right now that are causing you to do some foolish things, start dealing with those issues now because what will happen is that eventually, perhaps one day you'll get married and if you're not dealing with your heart issues now, you'll bring those not only words but actions into your marriage. And so you'll see a lot of strife in marriage. And so I'm going to talk to the married people right now. If you're married right now, you have probably experienced strife in the past, arguments, issues, and some of you are right there right now. That comes from heart issues. So let me give you some advice. Don't deal with your spouse's heart. Let God deal with your spouse. You deal with your own heart. And I know that some of you are newly married, and you think, man, we've got a lot of problems in our marriage. I can't even talk about this. We already know. We know. That's the, that's the way it works in, in marriage. There's, there's conflict. But if you're just dealing with the behavior, the surface level things, start dealing with your heart. And I know if you're married, one of the number one things you want is that you want your spouse to serve you, right? Serve me. I'll serve you if you serve me. Anybody ever said that before? <laughs> yeah? Don't say that, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you want your spouse to serve you. But what we say in the gospel is that, hey, Christ has served us. Christ is the servant who has served us. It continues to serve us. And because Christ has served me, I can serve you whether you ever serve me or not. We've been served in the gospel. So will your spouse ever change? I don't know. You can pray. You can hope. You can encourage. The Bible talks about this thing that maybe your spouse will be changed as you are changed and as God changes your heart and brings grace into your family. 
Well, we talk about our words coming from our hearts. We talk about our actions coming from our heart. But what about our desires? Consider this verse in Proverbs 6, Proverbs 6.25. 6.25 says, Do not desire her beauty in your heart, and do not let her capture you with her eyelashes. I've never said that to my sons. Can you imagine that? Don't let her get you with those eyelashes. <laughs> it's just a father instructing his son about letting his imagination going wild, right? About lust. Jesus put it this way. Matthew 5:28. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Lust happens in the heart. Boyfriends and girlfriends messing around with one another comes from the heart. Looking at porn, reading erotic novels comes from the heart. Committing adultery comes from the heart. I don't know some of you who are in the middle of any of those things right now. You may think to yourself, there is no way I could ever leave this. And I don't know who you are, but I want to say, yes, you can. God saved me at 19 from deep immorality. And I thought once I was saved in my first year being converted, first year and a half, I thought there is no way I can get rid of all of this. And yet Christ captured my heart. Not tips and tricks, but Christ captured my heart. And Christ can capture your heart wherever you're at, and he can bring you freedom. You do not have to be in bondage to these immoral desires the rest of your life. That is a lie. You can be free. Let Christ capture your heart. And the last one, words, actions, desires, attitudes. If anybody came in here today with a bad attitude, don't be pointing at other people. That's on you. That's a heart issue. That's what's going on inside. And there are a variety of attitudes that can be within our hearts. For example, envy. Envy's in the heart. Proverbs 23, 17. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Isn't it amazing the amounts of envy that are going on and coveting? You know, you want someone else's looks. You wish you had someone else's car or, or, or spouse or someone else's, I mean, I know in this context, you're some, someone else's mind. Coveting happens in here. What about pride? Proverbs 16.5 says, Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. Proverbs 18.12 before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. <laughs> you ever just wondered how someone just blows their life up? They could be going along and everything looks great. It looks great in their job and their marriage and their school, and boom. Often it was pride in the heart not dealt with. And it's often the most arrogant people are the ones that don't see it. In Christ to speak his truth, his forgiveness, and break our proud heart. So this is what we're going to do over the next year. And if, if today, <clears throat> today,
If today has made you uncomfortable, the rest of the year will surely make you uncomfortable. We are going to let God's word continue to open up your heart. And what way we're going to do this is in a unique way because we're going to go through the book of 1 Samuel and actually we're going to see the hearts of leaders. And if you've ever read the book of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, you will find leadership fail after leadership fail after leadership fail. And you may think, man, all those leaders needed was good leadership training. They should have went to Kellogg or something. That's what they needed. I mean, they they just should have dealt with their leadership training. But what you'll find is that a lot of the problems were going on in their hearts. And most of you are leaders in some way, shape, or form. You're leading in some, some way. And you think, well, I'd just get better tips and tricks. I'll be fine. And yet, what's going on? in your heart. So this is what we're going to do, okay? We're going to move beyond the behavioral and surface level. We're going to go into the heart. These are some of the outcomes we want this year, all right? I'm going to put this up for you, outcomes. The first outcome that we want is we want hearts that are teachable and wise. Would you consider yourself a teachable person? Yeah? Does that describe you? People who know you say, man, these and she, they're so teachable. Uh, I was, um, you know, if you, ever, if you ever have kids, you, you want them to be teachable, right? But you also, as parents, should be teachable too. I've got to share something my, my wife did that I would never do. My wife did something recently that was uh, pretty amazing. Um, she's really brave. She's reading this book, and the book has this list of 84 ways we offend our children. You're like, well, I can think of 84 ways that my children offend me. Yeah, 84 ways that we offend our children. So there's this list. And so what she did, she went to a, a couple of the older kids and said, here, pick out the top five. Pick out the top five ways that I offend you. Now, I would never do that, right? <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's the kind of heart we want. Are you teachable? That's an outcome we want. We're to become more teachable this year. Look at another outcome we want. Another outcome we want is we want hearts that are repentant. When someone points out sin, here's the deal. When sin gets pointed out in your life, don't point somewhere else. Someone points at you, don't go, no, them. Don't do the blame shift thing. Say, okay, me. (laughs) I own it. I repent of it. Next, we want hearts that trust him, even in difficulties. Next, we want hearts that are pure, some of you right there need to just start honing in on that one right there. Hearts that are pure. And we want to see the outcome of hearts that love God and love one another. And the way this is going to happen is Jesus is going to invade us. He's going to change our hearts. But this is going to involve everybody. It's something I like to call counsel one another. We need to counsel one another on counseling what's going on inside. Proverbs 25 says, The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. We can see the behavioral issues, but we're not quite sure what's going on. And so we need our brothers and sisters to speak truth to us and like a good counselor, draw it out of us. I see that you're wounded. Could it be from this? I see the way you're acting Could it be because of this? And we need someone to draw it out. 
And the way it happens within our congregation doesn't happen here on Sunday morning. It happens in something we call ethos communities where we get together, get to know one another, share what's going on, share our struggles, pray for one another, and encourage one another, and draw out what's going on and minister in the heart. And those ethos communities start today, and they go on throughout the week. I want to encourage you to pick one and get in one. Now, lastly, I just want to wrap it up by this. As we head into the fall and we open up our lives to God, I want to encourage by saying this very encouraging word. It goes like this. Don't assume your heart is fine. Proverbs 29 says, Who can say I have made my heart pure? I am clean from sin. Proverbs 21.2 says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the heart. My brothers and sisters, I don't know if you understand the wounding language, but I know some of you are really, really wounded by something that's happened to you, and some of you are very hurt right now. I wouldn't ignore that. And I think some of you have some sin issues you need to deal with. And the hard thing right now is you're busy. Some of you are about to start school. If you're in the fall and you're a parent, you know things are busy. And you think, you know, I'm just going to wait till Christmas break to deal with it. And then the new year starts. I'll just wait till spring break. And then spring break comes. I'll just wait till summer. And then you cycle. So let's just forget all that. How about this? We want to guard our hearts in certain ways, but we don't want to guard our hearts from God. He already knows what's going on. He knows the wounds. He knows the sin. He knows it all. So how about this? Do this. Say, God, whatever. God, come in and heal me today. Come in and speak truth to me today. Speak the love to me that Jesus has for me today. Speak that I'm accepted and forgiven in Christ. Speak your mercy. How about this? How about we just come to God, open arms, and we say, God, here's my heart. Speak what is true. Here is my heart. Speak what is true. I'm ready to hear you, Lord. I'm ready to be healed by you. I'm ready to be changed. Speak what is true.